In the six months since federal and state eviction protections were lifted, tenant evictions in Illinois are at the highest level since the beginning of the pandemic. Housing advocates are calling for solution-focused interventions for tenants who are struggling to pay rent. But there's still real concern the ongoing economic fallout from the pandemic might lead to more people becoming homeless. I spoke with WBEZ contributor Jane Vaughn, who has analyzed eviction data from Cook County. All right. The Illinois eviction moratorium, it was lifted not long ago, October 2021. What's happened since? The eviction filing rates are sort of creeping back up, especially in the past few months, to the point that they're really basically back up to where they were before uh, before the moratorium and before the pandemic. So I think one thing that people are kind of worried about is this fear of returning to normal. Um, And I spoke with someone who was at Housing Action Illinois who was saying that there was a lot of public attention about the moratorium and everyone was really paying attention to this issue and there was a lot of government money being, being put towards it. And now things are sort of creeping back up. And, you know, he's worried about just going back to the normal of before the pandemic where people were being evicted all the time because they couldn't pay rent. I want to get back to this idea of returning to normal. So what did eviction rates look like before the pandemic? We know there was an eviction crisis in Chicago even before the pandemic and even before the moratorium. Looking at the data, there were more than 2,000 eviction filings a month in in January, February, and March this year, uh, 2022. And that's quite similar to what the eviction filings numbers were before the moratorium began. And so now we're getting back up to two very similar numbers now. The data you collected shows evictions aren't happening all across the city. Which neighborhoods are most affected? So we're seeing the evictions mostly in predominantly black and brown neighborhoods and neighborhoods that have larger numbers of low-income renters, which are mostly on the south and west sides. And that's looking specifically after the pandemic began, which we put as March 1st, 2020, for our purposes. The top three zip codes that experienced the most evictions during that time were in South Shore, Chatham, and West Woodlawn. And then there were also some neighborhoods on the west side that were really impacted, South Austin, Garfield Park, West Garfield Park. So, Jane, for renters who are facing eviction, we've got the rental assistance program, but there are concerns about that program's ability to help renters. What are some of those concerns? The program has been really helpful for renters so far. Everyone that I spoke with really credited this rental assistance program with preventing mass homelessness, as one person said. The Chicago Department of Housing Director of Policy, Daniel Hertz, uh, I spoke with him and he said that they have funded $150 million of rental assistance to about 30,000 homes since the beginning of the pandemic. The trick is if and when this money runs out, um, there is still some emergency rental assistance money left. I'm not sure how much. And there are concerns about what happens if or when it goes dry. You know, what if there's another COVID surge? What happens next? Will the government step in with more funding? You know, it's not an endless pipeline of money. Mm -hmm. So there is a question about what happens when there's no more money to fund that program. What other solutions do housing advocates want? I think the main thing is sort of continuing the programs that have been put in place during the pandemic. You know, obviously the the obviously the pandemic is still continuing, but um, you know, the people I talked to were talking about sort of making the case for keeping these programs around. You know, it's a the benefit of the program for the community. It's a good thing for renters and landlords and just the community in general. So the question is, how do we sort of keep these 
programs in place to continue to support people, even though they've been really helpful so far. We want to make sure we're not just saying, okay, everything's perfect now. We can get rid of those because that's not the case. Jane Vaughn is a contributor for WBEZ. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you for having me.